This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports Station. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. So the Pro Bowl's in the books. We've got one game left, the Super Bowl, which we'll talk about as the week goes on and get prepped and ready for the uh, Eagles and the Chiefs coming up this weekend. But a lot of news coming out of the Pro Bowl, and and uh, we had a chance to you know hear different players interviewed, see different players. Maybe maybe fans got to see players they wouldn't normally see their faces. You're just so used right. to helmets and shoulder pads, and you know the jersey number and the last name on the back. But you know that's one of the cool things about what they did this weekend is is there might be a lot of fans that were like, oh, that's what George Kittle looks like, or that's what yeah. this guy looks like, or whatever. Maybe they don't not used to seeing them, so that yeah. was pretty cool. And who's who's the edge rusher from the Bengals? Is it Hendrickson? Yeah, yeah. Couldn't have picked that guy out of a lineup before yeah. before you know this weekend. Yeah, yeah. It was it's it was just again it was light. Everybody seemed to be having fun except yeah. for Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it seemed to be well, seemed to be a cool event that was well received by the fans and more importantly the players. Could, could you believe the crowd? No, fifty eight thousand. So no. they, it holds. Well, I don't know what it holds, but I looked at their last four games. They averaged sixty two thousand and change. So. Yeah, that's, I'm right guessing there. that's capacity. I mean, it's 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 incredible. So and it's funny to see, you know, in the stands, I saw a 12 jersey. I also saw a guy standing up with a San Diego Padre hat and pointing to his hat. Like, what are what are you doing there? Why are you pointing One to your One of the Padre fans was hat? doing that? Yeah. Just wanted you to know that the Padres are his favorite team. <laughs> I just thought I it was know. weird. It was kind of a weird crowd, right? But yeah, it was. Uh, it was amazing to me that they would show up to see flag football. Unless, mm. what's your quote? What do you call it? Flag football papering. The oh, house. papered the house. Yeah, that's not my term. That's just an old. Just, that's old school term for for an old rock and roll guy like you. Yeah, that's right. Did they ever paper the house when you were playing, Bob? We tried, but they still didn't go. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Free tickets for everybody. Nah, we're good. We're going home. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't I don't know if they did or didn't, you know, because often, especially in Vegas, they'll include tickets to shows, All right. events that's part of your package, if you will. You Four nights here at this hotel, you'll get tickets to this show and you know, you're not paying for them. So right. that's that's part of what happens in Vegas. They're but. hoping that you drop like $10,000 at the table. At the casino, yeah. yeah. That's that's why you that's why you often when you see bands at, at uh, casinos, they're not generally not a lot of encores. They want the guys, the the people that go to the shows in and out, get them back out into the casino. Yeah. You know. Exactly. The, they'll get them all in there and then they'll buy their drinks and food and then get them out to the tables. Yeah. Well, and then they'll give away like breakfast. Hey, how about a free breakfast? Yeah. Oh, okay. How about 10 grand? Yeah. That's the most expensive breakfast you've ever heard of. Yeah, just to keep you in there. Just yeah. to keep you in there. So a lot of times those events are lost leaders where they're just like, yeah, we're going to we're going to take a hit financially on this this band we brought in, but we're going to make it up, yeah. and then some with the gambling and everything else. I had a joke. I don't want to make it. It's a Monday. I don't want to be too mean yet. Go ahead. Papering. Is that how Adam Ray fills his seats? See, you're just oh, inviting it. I know. You. You're just he inviting comes after it. me. I'm going to come after you, him. Uh, uh, okay. Just take it. <laughs> just take it, Lefko. It's all up. He's going to come back tenfold. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's going to bring the hammer down on you, and you're going to be over there going, what? 
Why is he always picking on me? He was, you know what? <laughs> it was almost uh, not off-putting, but he was almost too nice, and he got me that gift. He sent, yeah, uh, he, he sent you. So we got to get some two some dozen fight donuts going on. <laughs> you you got to get back to what feels right. You got to get normal. back to what feels right. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't. He, he doesn't hasn't feel... done an impression of me in a while, so we just had to throw a joke in there. <laughs> All he, right. He doesn't feel right unless Adam is making fun of him. <laughs> okay, I got it. And he's equal opportunity. He makes fun of all of us. So. Yeah. <laughs> and Brock. A well, guy who looks we, like he smells other people's car keys. <laughs> that was so weird. I like how everything is like he looks like. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, a lot of our texters will try to fashion their take, jokes take, the yeah. same way. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah. Just so back to what was going on with the Pro Bowl. We, we, uh, we had a chance to hear from Gino, who doesn't do a lot. He, I certainly haven't heard him interviewed out here anywhere. Like even even for the times, I mean, outside of his post game, you know, at the podium with the assembled press there after games, but yeah, just hasn't done a ton of that. But he did do it after the game. There was an NFL Network uh, reporter that caught up with him and asked him about, you know, hey, how are things going with with the contract negotiations and the Seahawks? Here's what he had to say: You've outplayed your contract. What can you tell us about what those conversations have been like with Seattle on coming back? Yeah, I think, um, you know, all signs are positive, And so we just got to continue to work at it and, you know, find, you know, figure out what we can do to make sure it happens. So if you could put a one to 10 grade on it, what would you say your confidence is that you'll be back in Seattle running the back? Uh, I'm very confident. I'm not going to put a number on it, but I'm very confident. And, you know, I think things will work out. You know, that means something to me. I, I think I don't I don't I'm, I'm trying to pin it down. Like, is it leadership? Is it? I know what it is. It's great decision making because he is trying, they're trying to corner him into, and that's certainly not what you do during a negotiation. Like, oh yeah, 10, I'm absolutely sure. You don't right. say, you don't give him anything. And just the, the Very fact. general. Yeah. The fact that he kept it that way and said, I'm going to answer it the way I want to answer it. And I think a lot of the players these days, and I noticed it first with like Doug Baldwin, where you would ask him a question and he would say, eh, well, I wouldn't put it that way. Like, he, he'll rephrase your question for you, <laughs> Doug yes. would. And really, that's smart. Otherwise, you get pigeonholed into, like, you know, okay, it's either this or that. Well, it's not either of those things. It's somewhere in between. So I, that's what I, I, I thought about him. I think, and, you know, we always complain about, well, not complain, but, I mean, it's just that I just don't hear, like, we had face-to-face -face interviews with Russell Wilson, we haven't had that interview with Gina. We don't really know that much about him. He's been a backup quarterback. Nobody talks to the backup quarterback, right? So, you know, it's it, he's kind of been a little bit of a mystery. But the more I hear from him, the more I see him and, you know, the things that he does outside of the Twitter thing, which I'm not a fan of Twitter just in general. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, outside of that, you know, he is really – he's been he's been fantastic. Uh, you know, he just I, – I think he's saying all the right things. And the more – that more time that passes and the more I see, I feel like he will get re-signed here. It, it's again, they've, they've all said the right things from the very beginning. He has said he wants to come back. He wants to repay them. They've said, Hey, we want him back. And yeah. so the, that's never been in question. It's just, what does he want? We still don't know. We still have no idea what he's asking for. You know, we keep using 30 million to sort of the, the midway point or the starter point, if you will. And, some people think he wants more than that. Some people don't. Some people would pay him more than that. Others, like K.J. Wright, said we're not even going to entertain it. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's just it's it's all a matter of what it is. He's really behind closed doors saying this is the number right here. And and we talked to John Schneider, and he said, well, 
yeah, we've always got to drop that number, not just with Geno, but in any situation. How far apart are those two numbers? Right. That, that's that's all this is. All the yeah. all the lip service. They've all said the right things. Yeah, and I I don't think the other thing that's good is you're not. I don't think you're taking a huge risk if you're the Seahawks on a guy that you're not too sure about. They're sure about who he is, but you know, to me, I think the number is forty. I think that's what he he wants. He wants forty million, and that's exactly what your agent tells you, right? Yeah, that's where we want to start. Now, you know, is it is it thirty to thirty five? But the good thing is, I mean, I don't, that doesn't entirely kill the Seahawks, right? Mm-hmm. You're not you're not signing him to this ridiculously long, huge contract that's taken up you know twenty thirty percent of your of your. Uh, uh, salary cap because I mean mm-hmm. some of these you know I talk about thirty percent it's it's over two now isn't it two twenty four two hundred twenty four million but I mean you pay yeah, a guy it's up from two oh eight yeah you you yeah. pay a guy uh, uh, sixty million yeah you're close to thirty percent of your entire payroll on one player yeah and, I don't what if he gets hurt I mean so yeah that's uh, that's I think. This could work out very well, and the more, like I said earlier, I think the the closer, the more I hear about this, and the more I think about it, and the more that uh, is, you know, time passes. I feel like Geno's going to be the quarterback here. That they're going to find a way to find that middle ground. If it's there at forty, and the Seahawks are in high twenties, and it's somewhere in between, you can live with that, man. You can live with that that amount because then it breaks down to I don't know twelve or thirteen percent of your salary cap that you got plenty of and they're ninth as far as anybody listening who is running the salary cap probably going boy this idiot has no idea what he's talking about but Man, I'm Thomas. just going off the number yeah, I'm going off what is he the, laughing in his office numbers. right now yeah he's like what well, Dave why don't you be quiet now <laughs> um, but why don't you shut your yapper <laughs> but you know it just doesn't entirely hamstring. The, the team. And and look, you know, the other side of that, though, is like, would you kill to have Joe Burrow? I mean, wouldn't you love to have that problem? <laughs> yes. Like, we have to, we got to pay this guy like $60 million. I mean, that's what you, that's what you try to do. But one of the things I, I mentioned this earlier is like, you know, some of the good run teams, a lot of it is because it's Chicago and Baltimore. Then those are the top two as far as running game uh, goes. You know, 558 attempts, 526 attempts for for Baltimore. You know, if you can get the run game going, back to, you know, the Giants obviously run a ton with Barkley, uh, Philadelphia with uh, their quarterback and uh, in their run game. So that that's something that could really help Gino uh going forward and in order to get that you got to have some room you got to have some, you can't have your quarterback taking up all of uh, all of your uh your your salary cap space so i feel like that's a that's a good range for Gino and the Seahawks as well it, it just side note i i will be fascinated to watch the Bengals cuz Joe Burrow is going to require a whole bunch of money unless he does something that we don't expect where he says hey i understand we can't put a competitive team on the field if I'm if any one player me included obviously is making x percentage of the salary cap they're also going to have to re-sign Jamar Chase mm-hmm. they've got T Higgins who is a really good piece to that team so yeah. you know you've got some other guys that are going to be coming up for big deals is maybe not in the same level that he's looking at but still you got you got superstars on that team that you want there that are key to this team's success they got to the Super Bowl last year they're a game away this year what are they going to do 
Are they going to be like the Rams? Are they going to be working some salary cap mojo that we're sitting here going, how are they doing this? Mm-hmm. And then it comes back to bite them. I mean, they're, it's a good spot to be in because they look like they're going to be really competitive for years to come. But that bill is going to come due with these young guys, much like it did for the Seahawks when Sherm was making nothing and Baldwin was making nothing and Russell was making nothing and Cam and all the – they're all part of the core. They're all part of what makes you great. How do you keep them all? Yeah, you know, and you talk about the the salary cap and the space and everything. I think we probably have one of the best with Matt Thomas, and which he would hate hearing that and everything. But the other the other guy that I know that is really brilliant, just because I know his father and I knew him when he was a kid, is Kevin Damoff. Yeah, with the Rams. With the Rams. Yeah, and you know they've they've done a good job. But it's a nice that, guy, by the way. I spoke to him a few times when I was out in St. Louis. Yeah. I played horse with him when he was like 13 years old when I stayed at Marvin's house because I was getting shoulder surgery, of course. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, just uh, really sharp people. And, you know, when we talked to Michael Gennetti, uh from uh, Spotrack, you know, he, he always mentions that, like, not everybody has the same skill. Mm-hmm. As far as manipulating the salary cap, not everyone is the same. I mean, there are, there are some teams that are better than others at understanding that. Yeah, and and we've talked about the fact that you know, every team employs a capologist. Some have two, and that's all they do. That's all they right. do. It tells you how complex and how advantageous it can be to find the loopholes, and here's how we're going to work our way around this, and we're going to push this money here, and we're going we're gonna to call this money this now, and we're going to restructure this. T- I mean, there's there's just so many loopholes. It's like somebody doing your taxes where, you yeah. know, they can find these little ways to save you money here, and we're going to, you know, claim this and not claim that, and you're like, oh, all right. Uh, Do your thing. Make it work. Dude, that's my worst nightmare, that I would have – somebody would say, you have to be a CPA or a tax guy or whatever. Like we were talking about some of the things that in our business that we were just talking about during the break. Yeah, you you don't love doing – Like it's numbers or whatever. Well, if you're top five and this and that, like I just – my eyes glaze over. Yeah. Like, okay, just tell me how much. (laughs) At some point, you you kind of tap out and go, okay, whatever you want. Sure, I trust you. Uh, But one more from Gino. He was on a podcast, so we heard the the cut of him with the NFL Network reporter. He was on the Pivot podcast with, uh, who hosts that again? Angry Ryan Clark. Josh McGay. Ryan Clark and then a couple of two random NFL Angry Ryan Clark. You know what, though? Based on some of the buffoonery that we've seen of people screaming and yelling and laughing all at the same time, I come to appreciate Ryan, angry Ryan. Yeah, he just he looks mad if he's not smiling. When he's just staring yeah. in the camera, he looks very stern. Very... Shannon Crowder and Fred Taylor. Okay. So Fred Taylor, the old running back, back? Yeah. Not from Jacksonville? Yeah. Oh, wow. Fred Taylor. That was he, did he have a whole bunch of kids? Was that him? Uh, Sean Alexander. Why not? I know that. Sean I don't think it's 12. exclusive to one. But. Dude, 12 kids. Come on, man. That would be Bob's worst nightmare. Oh. Me as an accountant. And then I could be your accountant. Oh, you no. know, all those kids are. You'd have to be we my can psychologist, write those off, Bob. <laughs> you to... don't even know what a write off <laughs> is. <laughs> That's exactly You just write it off. Uh, but Gino on this podcast uh, talking about the same thing about the contract situation and, and where he's at. Uh, in terms of it working out. I would, I would love to be in Seattle, man. I love Seattle. You know, we have a great relationship. And, uh, I, you know, I think we'll work things out. Um, you know, when it comes to, like, contracts, I think every player just wants to get paid his worth. And uh, it's funny because, like, a great friend of mine tells me, like, no matter what check they write, it'll never be your, your worth because your worth isn't in money. It isn't in, you know, monetary things. And so 
Um, you just want to be respected. You know, your contract just wants to say, we respect you. We understand what you bring to the table. We understand the caliber player you are, and we appreciate you. And that's really all it comes down to. So what number signifies respect? Yeah. Would it be disrespectful if he's thinking 40, if they said, we're thinking 30? Is that disrespect? It's it's weird to think somebody could feel disrespected being offered thirty million a year or something. It's just, but you have to work in the range of what we're talking about. Yeah, here. yeah. And in that world, it's it's different. Yeah, it's just weird when you look at the numbers going. And so, yeah. and I think that's where athletes, entertainers, whoever, have to be careful because the majority of your fan base, the vast majority, can't relate to those numbers. So if you say something like. Latrell Sprewell did years ago, and that comment lives in infamy where he was offered, I think it was $18 million at the time, and he talked about how insulting it was, and I got to feed my kids. Oh, it lived see, that's terrible. It that's lived awful. forever. Now, maybe in basketball terms, in NBA dollars, it made sense. But when you throw that out there, you better be careful. So if Gino gets an offer, anybody, Joe Burrow, anybody who's going to get an offer coming up, and it doesn't meet your standard, Publicly, you got to be really careful how you talk about that. You know, I have to say, I think Gino's done a pretty good job of keeping that part out of it. He talks about his family, but he doesn't bring up, you know, and that was something that we heard from Gabe Jackson. Actually, I heard because I one one time we were uh, interviewing him. And I was like, what about your family? And, you know, tell us about that. He goes, nah, I'm going to keep it football. And you know, yeah. I was like, hmm, that's the first time I've ever heard that. But, uh, yeah. hey, that's interesting, and some players choose to do that. I feel like Gino's kind of done that, that he's keeping that part of it out. But, yeah, I mean, you don't want to say anything like that, that's for sure. There's certain things that you want to, you know, leave out of it because it's it's the negotiation part of the deal. And I, I don't think playing it out on Twitter and things like that is necessarily wise, but maybe he's gotten some advice from his agent of of what to do. But I don't – I don't think the the Seahawks. I mean, do you, do you think somebody's going to Pete and John on a daily basis saying this is what Gino tweeted? I, I could see somebody bringing it to their attention, but yeah. do they? Does it impact them at all? No. Yeah, I don't think so at all. So. I don't think they. They're. I think I buy into what John said. Hey, we've got our number. Yeah. We've got our drop dead number. And, and if they if they can find a way to make it work within those confines, then they'll make it work. And if they can't. I assume they've got plan B and C already in place. Like, all right, you have to plan for that, right? You have if you're John oh, yeah. and P, you have to go into this with first point of business. We want Gino back. But if for whatever reason we can't come to an agreement and he moves on, here's what we're gonna do. And if sure. that doesn't work, here's what we're gonna do. Oh, That's absolutely. how I believe they've they've got this whole thing laid out. So I think they're prepared. I think they want this to happen. I think and I think it will, but I think they're prepared for the fact it may not and they've got Plan B, C, and D in place. You know, well, and I don't want to say I know that that's exactly what they've done, but remember when Richard Sherman's contract was up? This is like, gosh, probably seven years ago, eight years ago. And I remember Pete said it like very nonchalantly, but he was like, oh, yeah, we've had this plan in in, uh, in place for years. Mm-hmm. You know, like when a, when a player, like since his rookie year, like yeah. where is this guy going? What are we going to have to do? They plan for this stuff far in advance. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, it's this whole thing was going on last year they were just as pleased as could be what a pleasant surprise but okay what does this lead to this mm-hmm. leads to this that and the other down the road so i yeah i think they're probably three four or five months in front of everybody else yeah. i think they always have a plan yeah I, th- I think that's you know if you're a front office and you're sort of taken aback like well we didn't anticipate this or now we've got to deal with this we haven't given it much thought until now then you're not doing your job 
Well, I would think if you're a salary cap guy or John, John Schneider, you're kind of plagued with the fact that, oh, man, Gino's killing it. Look at his percentage. This is going to be a headache later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, you they, know, you got to certainly think of those things. So, yeah. And they're all planning for down the road. And all right. So if we offer yeah. him a three year at the end of that three year, we've got this guy coming up. But what if we draft this guy and then he's a first rounder? So he's got first round money. till. I mean, they're taking everything into consideration well, down the road. And I think that's why NFL executives, it's very impressive to me because you do have a salary cap. And then also you have so many moving parts. There's it's a huge team. You know, you you got to think about player number fifty three. You know, that's yeah. on on your yeah. list. So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty impressive that 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 gets done. And you know, they I don't think they've ever. Well, I'm sure they haven't ever violated the salary cap or anything like that. Never gotten fined or any. Um, you know, the only fine I think they ever got was something to do with the uh, OTAs got too aggressive or something like that. But yeah, they've always been Pete and John have always been a very good team that way. Yeah, it's it's uh, so I've I've got confidence it'll get done. I have that feeling. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll you know, there's again saying the right things for public consumption on both sides, and and you know, sort of. I think that puts the fans at ease at this point. But you never know. We don't know what's going to happen. Things could take a turn, and and maybe Gino's got another number in mind that they don't come close to, and they can't bridge the gap. Who who knows? You know what happens. Either way, he's going to make a truckload of money this year he's i mean that's that's a certainty whether it's here or elsewhere and that's really the the kind of the biggest story is just this guy who was playing on a three and a half million dollar deal who was talking to the gm about going to the cfl i mean that's that's amazing to think about that this nobody was knocking on his door he i think his phone was on do not disturb like bruce Irvin and kj Wright and everybody else because he was hanging out there till april no we didn't hear a whisper of a team being interested and now here he is looking at, well, is he going to get 30? Is he going to get 35? He's like, you haven't made that in your whole career combined. Yeah. You're going to get that in year one. It's amazing. It's really been a cool journey watching Gino. And I'm sure for him, especially, it's going to be an incredibly proud moment. You talk about the, he's the picture of perseverance. I yeah. mean, it happens most guys second, third year. And here he waited. You know, even even Patrick Mahomes had to wait two years. You mentioned it earlier, Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. three years, four years, whatever it was, with uh, sitting behind Brett Favre. So this is a, an amazing testament to a guy. And I always say this, I, I do believe this, that I think playing backup quarterback in the NFL is one of the more difficult jobs. I think it's the most j- difficult job in the NFL because, yeah, you're not getting hit and you're not getting pounded. But, all you know, you have to sit there and be ready every single week that – he could go down, and I could be in there. And then you're sitting behind a guy like Russ. Yeah, and it doesn't happen until what the third or fourth year that you were here. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing that uh, that he's been able to just the whole story. It, it's so unlikely, and uh, and I think it's a cool story. All right, coming up. If it isn't Geno Smith, this guy could be the next quarterback in Seattle. We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on seven ten. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports Station. Well, we've been talking a lot about the Pro Bowl and the quarterback situation with the Seahawks and what may or may not happen with Geno. And you always play out the hypothetical. We were just talking about John and Pete and how we know they've got a plan in place. You know, they're, they're planning for everything. Hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. Plan for the worst. So they're, you know, they want Gino back. Gino wants to come back. Maybe it doesn't happen. 
So here's what we're going to do. If that in if that's the case, here's our first plan. This is what we want to do. And here's plan, the second plan after that. I, who knows? They may have four or five contingency plans that all involve draft and maybe there's a trade or who, who knows? Who knows what's going on behind closed doors? Uh, but one guy that I think is going to be really interesting, I'm curious to see what the market will be like for Derek Carr because he's a guy that absolutely has ability. You've seen it. You've seen it with your own eyes if you're a football fan. Whether you love him or hate him, the guy has put up some good numbers. He's he's a guy that's that's done a lot. Now, what? why that team hasn't won, I don't know if it's his fault. I don't know if it's the surrounding cast or the coaches. We certainly know kind of a dysfunctional situation out there, certainly with Gruden and Mike Mayock, and, boy, that just went awry. So, you know, how much – and we, we had a uh, conversation with our guy from Fresno State, the play-by-play man out there, talking about, you know, what kind of character he is. And, I mean, it was just glowing, just talking about, hey, that's who he is and, you know, what's important to him, what he says publicly is who he is. You know, Paul Leffler is telling telling us all that, which will be available on the podcast page after the show. But he's he's – I would imagine, since there are a number of teams that don't have that answer at quarterback – He's going to be an attractive option. Now, Aaron Rodgers, obviously, is the biggest name that could be available, even though he's technically under contract right now. So is Derek Carr. But it's it's going to be – he's an interesting option, and I know they're going to have to – wherever he lands, they're going to have to figure out his salary situation because I think he's got like – was it a little over 40, I think, coming to him? To Derek Carr? Carr? Well, if they release him or if trade they, him. Right. Yeah. If they trade for him, though, that contract yeah. comes with him. So they're they're trying to work that out. So either way. Well, we've seen, you know, how teams kind of compromise, like uh, the Browns took on some of Baker Mayfield's contract or the mm-hmm. Rams took on some of his contract and vice versa and all that, or the Panthers. God, he's been so many places, but yeah, it might not be all of that, but yeah. someone's going to have to eat something if they trade. For yeah. 40.4 yeah. million is what uh, and the Raiders have until February 15th, either release them or trade them. Nine days. Yeah. So <laughs> Can you otherwise, if he's, so if he's on the roster, February 16th, they own 40.4 million. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, what, what's interesting about it is that um, when you, you look at, like, Derek Carr, and then the question, you know, could Derek Carr end up in Seattle? There's so many other teams that need him <laughs> so much worse than that. And, and again, I think well, going— the, Well, we're playing the hypothetical, though, if Geno, for whatever reason, moves on. Yeah. Well, the Seahawks don't even have a quarterback on the roster right now. Right. So, you know, and I'm, the reason I'm bringing that up is I think about, like, Carolina— now, first of all, Carolina, I think, would probably be first in line for Derek Carr. But they could also, you know, be uh, somewhere that Gino could possibly, you know, mm-hmm. think about going because of just knowing him, really. And that that's the thing, I think, in the NFL, there's – now, I know pretty much everybody knows everyone. But, you know, I think, um, you know, with Scott Fitterer being here and knowing something about Gino and what he's all about, um, yeah, I, I feel like – that that could be a possibility, but what would be your first option? Let's just again, we're no playing Gino? hypothetical. Hypothetical, Gino go. Let's yeah. say he goes to the Panthers. So you take the Panthers. Gino's no longer an option, and the Panthers aren't looking for a quarterback. Drew Lock, you take him over Derek Carr. Yeah, I, I would go with Drew Lock. I think that's that's the way that they that they would want to go, and I feel like they think they can do what they did with uh, with him, just like Gino. And I think there's a fair poss- chance that at this point next year we're talking about what an amazing uh, year that Drew Lock had. I mean, it, the the way and we talked about the trust and how much do you trust Pete and John? I think we all decided. I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to speak for everybody, but I have trust in them that they can turn him into somewhere near the kind of player that Gino was last year. 
I think if I and I I have faith if that's the move they made. But if you're asking me what would I like to see them do in that scenario, Gino moves on. He signs with the Panthers. And you've got Derek Carr out there. You've got Drew Locke. You've got I don't know who else will be out there. Marcus Mariota or whatever. I'd go with Derek Carr. That would be my first option on my wish list. If they said, "Hey, no, we're gonna we're gonna bring Drew Locke back because we we think we can do just as well with him as we did last year, maybe even better." He's and they'd sing his praises from the mountaintops about his arm strength and how much they've loved him since the draft. And we would hear all of that stuff again. I'd be on Bora. Okay. You know, if you're leaving it up to me, my preference, I'd go Derek Carr. But if you're telling me this is the route you want to go and this is your first choice, and then you sign somebody else to be the backup or maybe they come in and compete, but it's not the name value of Derek Carr, I, I wouldn't rail against it like, what are you doing? But if you're giving me my choice, I'd go with Derek Carr. Because hmm. he, he's, he's got the resume. We've seen him do it. Drew Locke, we're sort of betting on potential because we haven't really seen it. Yeah. But I, but I believe that they could develop him. And also, you're going to pay a lot more for, for Derek Carr. Certainly, yeah. So, that, I mean, to me, I think they'd like to be in that position again, to just build their team, their young rookies, and, you know, bring Drew Locke along with him. He seems to be, like, one of the best guys on the team. It seems like everybody likes him. Um, and he's a great leader. And, you know, again, I spoke about how difficult I think it is for backup quarterbacks to stay engaged, you know, during the week and during the game. And it just from every appearance, it's been just phenomenal watching him on the sidelines with the clipboard and, you know, supporting Gino and, you know, talking to him in between plays and things like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, with Drew Locke and, you know, have – Go and spend all that extra money that you would pay Derek Carr on a war daddy or an edge rusher or something like that, you know, to to make your, you know, maybe another running back to put in your stable and get get your running game going, a guard, a center. Yeah, I that's the route I would go. Yeah, and the text coming in, you guys can text in 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Hey, Bob, if you pay Carr $40 million, how was your defense going to improve? Well, you missed the part where I said, well, obviously, you'd have to work out the salary situation. I'm, I'm assuming wherever he goes, that's going to get restructured. That's not. No, no. Once he's released. You well, no, no. If there's a trade. Oh, yeah. We're Do you think about... he's going to get traded, though? I think it seems unlikely. So that's why I think uh, we're talking about it. Oh, I think that aside. Well, the if a team feels like they can restructure or if the Raiders eat part of that salary, I think there's. I think there's a lot of options prior to release. I think release is their last thing they want to do because yeah. then you get nothing. So well, they want to get something. But maybe. Can they do, does someone want to do it in nine days? That's the sticking point well, here. Who, how long have they been talking? Yeah. How long have they been talking with other teams? So I would assume that the Raiders would prefer to work out a deal, and if that means maybe they eat some of the salary or whatever negotiations take place, they want draft capital or players in return rather than just we're going to release them, take a salary cap hit here, and get nothing. Yeah, I just think that you've got two pretty, what you believe to be two pretty solid opportunities here. One is with Gino, the second one's with Drew Locke, that you're probably going to, he's going to probably end up somewhere else that's a little bit more desperate. And one of the desperate places is Carolina. Who else? The Jets. Who are you talking about, Drew Locke? No, I'm talking about the quarterback situation. Oh, well, you said he's going to end up in another spot where no, no, I said, you know, there are other places where they have are more desperate mm-hmm. for a quarterback. And Carolina, the New York Jets, I'm trying to think who else that, you know, they're going to they're going to come in a lot stronger than than the Seahawks are because they really don't need to do this, you know. They don't they don't need that. They they've got two options I think in their minds. But, you know, people are going to disagree with that. But 
you know, I think that uh, I think those two are what I'm very confident. And we've been talking a lot about how much do you trust Pete and John. Now, there's some that we were talking about, like, eh, maybe not. Like you said, Jameis Winston, I'm out. I'm kind of with Jameis Winston. I like that there's a tremendous amount of upside, and I would trust them if they said, okay, they're going to fix him. It's going to be about discretion and decision-making and things like that. I feel like they could probably get that done. But, you know, it's uh, it's it's interesting. But uh, to me, I just think I think the other there are other teams in the league that are so much more desperate. And what I mean by that is that they're willing to pay him a lot more money. Maybe, maybe you're right, uh, but yeah, I, I will. I, I have a limit to my ability to go. Yep, I'm on board, Pete and John, and James yeah. Winston would be that. I, I doesn't yeah. mean they couldn't. I'm not saying they couldn't. My doubt is is much heavier. Well, it, and I want to say, them. I want to say, I, it's not that I don't have a doubt, but I've got much more doubt. I think it, I, I think it would be interesting. I think it would actually. To see if they could they could make a horse race out of this thing, man. I I, I would actually sign up for that, but I don't think that's what they're going to do. Jameis Winston in a Seahawks uniform. Can you imagine? Would you rather yeah. have Sam Darnold or Jameis Winston? Jameis Winston. Really? Yeah. You? Sam Darnold. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Sam Darnold just has never really, I mean, I guess so there's been a couple of games, but. We just saw him beat the Seahawks, though. Yeah, did he? Or did they run for 228? What did they have two oh, guys that ran for? Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. Well, that was run defense all the way. What did they run for? Like 230, 250 yards, something like that. Yeah, they did some damage. Well, and I remember they went down. Remember they were fourth and goal. Sorry to get off on a tangent here, but they were fourth and goal, and they threw it four times. It didn't matter because they ended up scoring later after a, a change of possession. But I'm like, if you're a Carolina fan, why? And if you're a Carolina coach, why would you not run on every play? Yeah, to prove you can stop it. The Seahawks doing it. defense just was not stopping the run that no. day. So I, I, I feel like, though, I feel like they're in a they're in a pretty desperate situation there. All right. When it comes to Geno, are we discounting one crucial reason why he's the right fit for the Seahawks? We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on Seven Ten. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports Station. Well, lots of conversation about quarterbacks as it pertains to the Seahawks. And these conversations, you know, are happening in cities all around in the around the country. NFL cities, I should say. Uh, the need of a quarterback is never-ending, Dave. Apparently, it's a pretty important position. I never really realized that. Never. Well, the Seahawks have been fortunate. I mean, you know, you had a guy here for a, a decade who relieved you of that concern, and then that became a concern again. And the guy who jumped in and took a spot right now, anyway, relieves you of the concern as long as he can come back. But we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but one thing that, that Gino talked about on that uh, Pivot podcast that he was on was, you know, asked if a if this team, the Seahawks team, could win a Super Bowl because of him? Yes, 100%. You know, I, I haven't started for a long time. So this is my first year starting after a long time. This is only my third year being starting in the NFL. So I'm actually a little young. You know, I'm not young in age, but, like, as, tar- as, as, far, as far as experience, you know, um, I don't think I've reached my peak in play. I know that I'm just enter- entering into my prime. I know that I can play another 10 years. I take care of my body. I eat right. Sleep right, hit the weights, study the right way. I know that I could be a lot better than I was this year. You know, this year I, you know, did a lot of great things, but I can be so much better. And that's kind of where my mindset is going to the offseason. It's like, man, I can't wait to attack this offseason, you know, 
take care of the things I need to get better at. And then next season, I'll be 10 times better than I was this year. 10 times better. Mm. I don't know about that. but uh, Seems I sh- to be a pretty high bar. That is a high bar, but I mean... I like everything Gino says, man. I, you know, and look, that's just words, but he did back it up last year. And, you know, I'm, I get more excited about getting him re-signed the more, you know, we get a chance to hear from him. But you know, that's what we talked about in the Open, that there's not a lot of times we get to hear from him other than up at the podium and, and all of that. But the way he answers the questions and everything, I think, is he's a leader. You can tell that. That's for sure. So, but I, I, I think he's right, man. I, I, I do think he can get better. And the, I think the one thing, you know, obviously his completion percent is pretty damn good. He led the league, but I think you know the interceptions and some of the he was making great decisions early on, and then you know it it got a little sloppy uh, the second half of the season. But you know he still threw less interceptions than like i think it was brady no not brady uh it was like aaron rodgers patrick mahomes and josh allen or something like that so you know he he still you know did a did a really good job those numbers were especially on the downside and that's where i kind of look at when i whenever i look at a quarterback i don't so much i don't look at yards uh, you know touchdowns not really i mean it's obviously a cool stat to have but to me it's about completion percentage and interceptions and because and the reason why is because that's about making decisions mm-hmm. you know it's it's about you know your discretion and i think that's that's where he he has excelled now he did have double digit interceptions but it's his first year in a long time like he said he said this is my third year starting well those first couple of years i think were his first and second year or second and third year First and second, I think. Yeah, and he he turned the ball over like forty one times. Yeah, he had more two. more interceptions than touchdowns in his career coming into this season. Yeah, so yeah, and, he, and you know we saw him briefly do a good job when he filled in for Russell in twenty twenty one. So, but uh, yeah, I believe him. I, I do think he does have a chance to get better. And I don't know everything I see that from him um, and hear from him. I think is on the right path. There's nothing that I'm like, oh man, I wish he wouldn't have said that, or you know. And you saw at the at the Pro Bowl, and everybody was like, whoa, it's flag football, and he's running around. Yeah, but he adjusted to the extra speed and think he's accurate. He throws a great ball. He has the most consistent. And we heard this from Patrick Mahomes, the most consistent tight spiral of of any quarterback in the league. And uh, yeah, I think he can get better, even though he's 32, 33 years old. Yeah, I'm just looking at some of the numbers from this year. Dak Prescott led the league in interceptions with 15. Uh, uh, tied, I should say, with Davis Mills, your guy, Davis Mills. He's a Stanford at guy. At a Stanford. Boy, that was not a good year. He's Seven, a bad decision maker. 17 touchdowns, 15 picks. That's not a good TD to interception ratio right there for yeah. da- Davis Mills. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, and Josh Allen all had 14. And then 13 for Matt Ryan, 12 for Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Joe Burrow. And then Russell Wilson, Geno Smith, Mac Jones, and Justin Fields all had 11. Hmm. And then you work your way down from there. Justin Herbert had 10 and then single digits for Tom Brady and, and others yeah. down there. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's decent. It's decent numbers, but he sure started off really well. I mean, it was the first 10 games he only had four picks, so... You know, obviously uh, seven down the, you know, one pretty much one per game, uh, as it turns out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and I think the other thing is, is that, you know, he addressed the fact that he is older. 
He's 32 or 33 now. He'll be 33. He'll be 33. So, and he talks about, you know, eating right. That takes a lot of, I know I couldn't do it. I was very undisciplined about eating right, Bob. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) mac and cheese is not considered eating right? Well, the thing is, I, you know, and this is something when you do like 30-10 or whatever, it's, it's so much about what you eat. It's not about how hard you work, but I work my tail off. But, you know, I felt like that entitled me to some, you know, ice cream or mac cheese or <laughs> beer or whatever. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a huge deal. And I think, you know, the, the fact that he's, he's taking care of that stuff and, you know, even though he is older, I don't know, it's, I, I, I just say, I would say two things about this show today. Number one, I never would have thought we were going to be talking about the Pro Bowl. And that, how cool it was. I thought it was going to suck. I really did. And then, you know, I never would have thought we would be talking this much about Geno Smith a year ago. You know, that, that you know, once the trade went down and that you you got Geno Smith, I, I, I would have never thought that it would have turned out like this for Geno. So unbelievably pleasant surprise. All right, coming up, we'll get some good insight on the good and the bad from the Mariners offseason from MLB.com's Mike Petriello. He'll join us next year with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on 710.